0: Good morning, everyone. I want to remind us as we continue on in our series on the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised His disciples He'd send them the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the work the Holy Spirit does and we talk about the things that He has for us to do. We've hit over the last couple of weeks. Well, it's important to remind ourselves that this is a wonderful promise that Jesus gave His disciples. In John 14, He said, I'll ask the Father and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I won't abandon you as orphans. I'll come to you. And all throughout this series, we've been reminding ourselves of important, uh, some important understandings here. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a person to be known, not a force to be controlled. He's a he, not an it. Secondly, he's God Thirdly, He is living in me. And fourthly, He is working through me. That's why we spent some time last week talking about the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us so we can accomplish the work God gave us to do. But even as we talk through all this, it's important that we, in order to get a full grasp of what He does, we have to understand the life change that He brings about. That's what this message is about today. And today you're going to hear a number of testimonies because the Holy Spirit's work is, as point B says, it's mysterious and wonderful. You can't see the Holy Spirit. And we don't have a problem grasping a concept of the Father because we have fathers. And Jesus, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, well, the Bible tells us that he walked around in human form, but the Holy Spirit is invisible. In fact, when Jesus was once asked how the Holy Spirit accomplishes his work, here's what he said. The wind blows wherever it wants. This is John 3, 8. And just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Jesus said that you can't see where the wind comes from or know where it's going, but you can see the effects of the wind. And that's why you're going to be so encouraged today when you hear a series of testimonies on what the Holy Spirit has accomplished in people's lives. You can see the effects of the Spirit, just like a tree that's being blown by the wind. So that's the note in your outline. We may not understand how the Holy Spirit does things, but we can see life change wherever He goes. Now, three important ways that we see that life change are these. First of all, the Holy Spirit changes the way we think. He changes the way we think. As I read God's Word, the Holy Spirit inspired the authors to write the words down, the authors of Scripture to write these words down. Well, then that same Holy Spirit helps me understand things and that makes me view the whole world differently. Romans 12, 2, Paul said, don't don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll learn how to... How to know, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Jesus said, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he'll teach you everything, and he'll remind you of everything I've told you. And this is my experience. My goodness, there are so many things I think of so differently now. My perspective has completely changed thanks to the work of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do things we never thought we could do. I mean, that is Wonderful when you talk to people who've been following Christ for a while as they surrender every part of their lives to the Holy Spirit's control. All of a sudden, he empowers them to forgive people they thought they never could forgive, to step out in faith when they were timid before. It's amazing. Paul in Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And finally, the Holy Spirit enables us to be fruitful and live fruitful lives. To bear lots of fruit. I mean, if you picture a tree that's just laden down with apples and luscious apples, you want to pick because that's, that's a picture of what God wants to accomplish in our lives. That He wants to bring out all the godly characteristics that the Holy Spirit has in store for us uh, in and through our lives. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. And when we talk about fruit, what are we talking about? Well, Paul said in Galatians 5, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit changes our character from inside out, so our lives are just, all of a sudden, we see love and joy and peace where we never had that before. And it's attractive to the whole world. So today, as we hear from a few people and we hear their testimonies, be thinking about these things, that the Holy Spirit changes the way we think, the Holy Spirit empowers to do things we never were able to do before, and he produces marvelous change of character and wonderful fruit in our lives. I'm so glad that you get to hear what the Holy Spirit's doing, and you get to see just like a tree being blown by the wind, this is what the Holy Spirit's been doing as he's moved in our midst. You're going to be encouraged.
1: And I'm going to tell you, you are going to be excited about these people's lives and what's happening. But I want to tell you, so many times we put people on screens and you go, oh, that's great. Well, I want to say that part C, the last point, I want you to go ahead and fill this out, but I want you to say it first. And this is it. The Holy Spirit can work in me too. So let's say that together. The Holy Spirit can work in me too. Do y'all believe it? Do you believe it? He can, because he does live inside you. He resides in you. I want to read that first verse, and then we're going to look at some of the testimony. It says, don't uh, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk on wine, for that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I've heard that verse over and over again, and it's been like, don't be drunk on wine. What I want to say is, look at the opposite side of it. Be filled with the Spirit. We're going to see three testimonies about people who have been filled with the Spirit, and they want to say that to you. But I want you to be listening to how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Watch the screens.
2: Uh, hi, my name is Richard Cables. Um, I, I grew up here in, in Prattville. Uh, my parents divorced when I was ten, and after my mother left, there was a lot of um, searching on my part, trying to fit in. I um, always needed affirmation from other people uh, to you know, to, I guess, validate, you know, who I was at that time. Uh, I think it was ninth grade. I was 14 years old. I met I met a friend. He's still a really good friend of mine that uh, introduced me to alcohol. Well, alcohol at the time allowed me to fit in uh, with a lot of, uh, of older folks. It allowed me to be uh, somebody that uh, I, I wasn't. Uh, it was mostly a weekend thing, but I, I found it, you know, that i was one that liked to carry things to the extreme i would be fine for a few days and then the weekend would come again and here i am back going through the same cycle and uh you know and that's about the time where you know i thought there was more to life than uh the, the the woman that i had married and uh i was still searching and and thought maybe i could find it in another person um Those those were some dark times. Those were, you know, the only way to escape it was to drink. That's the only way I could get out of it at that time. Um, I soon found myself asking for a divorce. Um, Soon after that, I found myself uh, unable to, uh, just unable to quit drinking. Uh, I tried for so long. Um, I found myself in a uh, local organization here. Uh, they quickly showed me that there was a power higher um, than me there was there was there was a power out there that could um, help me with my problem and I soon soon learned to surrender that and sure enough it was God I, this whole time I've been searching for something and it was God all along um, it started with surrender and then be willing to do the things that I've been taught and, and getting into the Word, getting into Scripture, and and being around some good people, and people that are very intentional with me, um, that care about me and and my walk with God. You know, and now I'm starting to see how the Holy Spirit has, has just slowly changed me. And it wasn't a, you know, a bright light and flash that went off and, you know, I chose Jesus and all my life. My life is great now. It's not how it worked for me. It was just slow changes over a period of time. And, you know, I didn't, and it was things such, Tommy, saying things as simple as cursing. Um, you know, I, I was never a big cursor. I would say curse words here and there. It was just part of my vocabulary. But, you know, over a period of time after I gave my life to Christ, you know, I noticed that I'm not cursing anymore. And I wasn't a conscious effort to stop. It was just the spirit working in me and and changing my vocabulary and and seeing things differently. Um, and when I look back over these last you know six six and a half years, it's just been a it's been a just a slow progress in leading up to. You know, today, and and I can see how the, the God, you know, the Holy Spirit is, has renewed my mind, has transformed me, uh, has changed the way I see things, um, the way I see people, the way I love, um, the way I want to be loved, uh, and such. And it's it's it's, it's really a neat because you read about it in scripture paul talks about it so much in the scripture how your mind is transformed and renewed and you know and that's that's what i want to share with people because if if i can do it you know <laughs> so i'm sure it's other people you know if i can do it people other people can do it and it's amazing what the holy spirit can do in your life if you allow him
1: Well, I want to let you all know that Richard is a great friend of mine, and I have been to get to sit on the front row to watch his transformation, and I'm going to tell you, God is rocking his world. He is rocking his world, and so, Richard, you talked about your identity. You really struggle with your identity and everything, so what's your identity now?
2: My identity, excuse me, I'm a little choked, (laughs) my identity is in Christ now, and, and so, it was so long, Scott, and the videos. Right on. I mean, I struggled for, for many, many years, you know, trying to find out who I was. And I depended on other people and, and other things, you know, alcohol, uh, to give me that identity. And uh, it, it wasn't a good, uh, wasn't a good time. At yeah.
1: All. Yeah. And even if you wasn't struggling with alcohol, you still needed identity by validation of other people, correct?
2: I did. Um, it was, you know, it was, oh gosh, it was like looking for love in all the wrong places. And uh, and I did for so many years, and uh, it was you know I was I was always searching, and then once I was shown what a good God we have, how much love that God gives us, uh, I I just didn't need it from other people. I didn't need that validation.
1: I knew who I was uh, then. I want to tell you because Richard has found out that his identity is in Christ. This is what he gets to share with other people, not because of who you are, but because of who God is in you and how much he loves you. And he said it right. It's how much he loves you It's how you get to respond to others. What would you tell people who are struggling with this?
2: Um, if, if you're struggling with it, and it's not just an addiction. It's any, any kind of change in life that you're looking for. Um, first thing you've got to do, really, is just surrender. You know, be willing to make a change, then surrender to God. And it's amazing what he can do in your life when you're willing to give that up that's
1: right and richard spends time in his word and he knows about him guys can we give richard a round of applause man that is awesome man i love the holy spirit and what he's doing inside our church and i'm going to tell you we got a young couple uh jeffrey and rebecca nichols and they're going to share their story with us so if you would watch the screens <laughs> Jeffrey, and this is my
3: wife, Rebecca, and uh, we just want to uh, share kind of how God has worked in our life.
4: We made a commitment early on in our marriage that, um, you know, our marriage was going to be, we were going to commit it to God, whatever that meant, wherever that took us.
3: For us as a couple uh, to, to devote everything that we were doing uh, to God. Um, because we saw how he was changing our lives, how he was changing us from the inside out uh, because we were allowing him, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to just to condition our hearts for what he had planned for us.
4: Yeah, and I think that that, you know, just seeing what he's done in our lives is something you definitely want to share um, with other people and you want them to experience it. And, you know, we pray that, hey, Give us somebody that we can touch today. Give us, you know, just show us somebody. I just feel like a lot of times he just opens our eyes to the person that's already there. You know, we were talking the other day about, hey, it may not be a new person. It may not be a stranger on the street. It may be somebody that you see every single day that needs you. And, you know, you just need God's guidance to open your eyes to that person and, you know, just trust in the Holy Spirit that he's going to show you that person that needs you that day
3: we pray that prayer, uh, God, uh, through through prayer and uh, and God opening our eyes now, uh, He is putting people in our paths uh, that we never would have met, whether it's through our businesses, uh, through different events that we do, uh, He shows us someone uh, almost on a daily basis. Um, uh, there, there is someone that can use an encouraging word, that can use an uplifting, uh, just a hug or a handshake, and uh, it's so rewarding for us that we were that God is using us.
4: Jeffrey teaches a workout class, and um, you know, just just using that as an example, um, Jeffrey started that. When we first moved here, and he's just continued to invite people, and um, little by little they started praying at the end of um, after at the end of every workout, and then slowly more people joined in, more people you know would stay for prayer, and he would come home and tell me about it, and um, I was like, oh, does that so and so go to church? Day for prayer, that's really good, you know. And so, we would talk about things like that, and then, you know, over time, just seeing the impact it was having on Jeffrey, you know, not necessarily just physically, but spiritually, and how he would just come back so pumped up. um, You know, I was like, well, maybe I'll try it out, even though I'm not a morning person. Um, So, I've started going recently for the last couple of months, and uh, I look forward to it now. I mean, just having that time with people that you would never run across from any, you know, any way else except for finding that common bond, and here it was just working out.
5: We moved down here to Alabama uh, for the military in July, and... Initially, We initially were just looking for a place to go exercise and work out together. That's one of the things that we do uh, together as a couple and then as a family. And we met Jeffrey just so going to an accountability class, going to an exercise class in the morning. They invited us to the church. We got invited to a barbecue right away with the workout group. And so then, you know, it's, it helped build those relationships and get to know people outside of the gym. And so we met Tina and Mark Barber, and they have really been great in helping uh, our boys get connected with the youth group and with Brandon. And we also know that we have people praying for us and our families and for the boys as they adjust to new schools. And so to know that we have that prayer support, too, from the group has been wonderful. I think what we really value about Jeffrey and Rebecca is... um, God had a plan for when we were going to come down here and he had it all laid out. And jeffrey by his choice of service and by his his intentional actions uh, was just executing that part of god's plan and so uh, it's it's helped us we don't have a lot of time to to find a church and to get involved and and to find a biblical community uh, in the short period that we're here so that uh, that was just a quick catalyst to help us find center point and help us find a good community uh, a good connect group and something that's just healthy for our family
4: we talk about it all the time and you know, in our Connect group about you can find common ground with everybody, whether it be over a football, or or that may not be the best example, <laughs> but you can find common ground with people, and then you can use that to your advantage to really invest in their lives and just make that connection.
3: This isn't about us. It's about God and letting Him actually use you to uh, reach
1: other people.
4: It's just so amazing how um, you can, you know, you think back of the way that you used to live, you know, before you really gave your heart and everything to the Lord and just how selfish of a person that I was and not that I'm perfect now, but, um, just the fact that, Hey, you know, my focus is not on me. It's on, Hey, what can I do for someone else? Like, who can I talk to today? Who is the person in line behind me that I, you know, can talk to and just give an encouraging word or, you know, um, just seeking out those people that, um, Need Jesus and that need um, encouragement. It's um, like what Jeffrey said, it's humbling.
3: I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're, uh, there's someone out there every day, every second.
1: Hey guys, you just experienced my dream of a church. You did. People not in the seats, but everywhere. I have a question for y'all. Have y'all ever been to church and went, well, we come to church every week. I don't know. I'm just not getting it.
3: Oh yeah, we were there. We, um, we were checking our box every week, going to church and uh, going home and starting all over, uh, but weren't living it. We were just, um, you know, just hey. We went to church on on our Sunday, and we're good. We're good now for the week. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell you, uh, we always say the word. Don't just come to church, but be the church. And y'all have kind of exemplified, not exemplified. You live it now. And Rebecca, you said something. You said it brought Jeffrey life. What did that look like? Just kind of. What did? Why did? What did you say The twinkle in his eye. Well, it's
4: just. You know, he would come home and he would just be talking about, you know, the people that um, were coming to the workout and that were staying and um, that they would pray afterwards. And I could tell that he was just being more intentional about the people that he came in contact with and just how the, you know, the class was growing and growing. And it's just something that I just wanted to get involved in, too.
1: Yeah. And you said you were willing to wake up early and go to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Love, well, here's my question. Here's my question. Did you know we had an eight o'clock worship?
4: I had no clue.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? If somebody's out there and they're going, I want my life to change. I want to do something, but I just, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. What would you tell them?
3: You know, one of the things that we, uh, I'm always uh, saying at uh, workout class and to my kids is uh, invite invest and encourage. Uh, Invite someone. Once you invite them, invest in them, and then you can see where you can encourage in their life. And uh, that's one thing that uh, we've noticed how the Holy Spirit has just worked in us uh, to put people across our paths to be able to do that.
1: Quick question. How's this made a difference in y'all's relationship? Oh, it's brought us so much closer to each other that,
3: uh, you know, it's a bond that uh, I never thought could... could, uh, could happen. Um, uh, and it's just, it's, 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 I mean, it's
1: unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable. Guys, God's working in and through them. It can happen to you. Yeah. It can happen to you, man. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all. Man, y'all are my <laughs> champions. We've got someone who works on our church staff. Her name is Leah. And, uh, you're going to hear some of the things of how God has been working in her life. So, watch the screens.
6: I'm Leah Montalvo. Um, I was born and raised in Selma, grew up in church, uh, was baptized at age nine, and growing up, I was always taught and there were photo reminders uh, that we did at church that said Leah is pleasing to God. I never really thought I was pleasing to God. I couldn't even please my own father, my earthly father. How could I please my heavenly father? I would bring home an A in math, because I struggled in math, and I had to get extra help. And then I would bring home 100. And I was so happy, and I would give it to him. Look, Daddy, I made 100. And he said, why didn't you make 105? Well, I I couldn't. There wasn't a chance to make 105, but that's it. Well, you should have made 105. You know, not measuring up, not being good enough, and um, always, you know, wanting that um, that love from somebody. I was saying, why am I crying? And I, I did, I did the same thing. I was searching for somebody to who would really accept me for what I have to offer, and who would love me. And so I really viewed God that same way. Like, look, I didn't sin. Oh, I sinned. You know, I'm just not good enough. I can't, I'm not good enough for your kingdom. I ended up in a relationship. um, and got pregnant. And he didn't, he was going to leave. He was gonna leave me and you know so what, what do I do so I had an abortion and so fast forward um, a few years later we got married and I got pregnant again I'm keeping this baby the baby died. I was six months pregnant. The baby died. And I had to bury my baby. What kind of a person does that? How could God love me? So, um, at that point, I, I held on to that. I would not forgive myself at all. Even though I asked God to forgive me, and I really believed in my heart He did. Um, you know, the Lord led me out of that, but the damage had been done. All the guilt, all the shame. It was a forefront. I mean, it was constantly in the forefront of my mind every single day that I woke up. Well, going through the gospel identity here with Shane was huge for me. Um, You know, I've been working here a little over a year. I've heard this so many times, but I still had issues with it. And it wasn't until um, actually the the day a month ago that he sat down with me and we discussed it and I confessed my sins that I had been holding on to who, who my identity was. And I let those go and as soon as I did, the, the baggage that I had been carrying around for so long, I knew I had to put it down. And I really have to fully trust God. And that was something really foreign to me, to let go of my baggage. And slowly but surely, I have let it go. I have walked away from it. I've kind of like looked back, like, do I really want to? Yes, I want to let that go. And I want to serve God. I'm in the Word. I'm praying. And I have more freedom than I've ever felt before in my life. And the Holy Spirit is just, He's taken over. You know, Shane takes the Bible. And takes that pen, places it in the Bible, and he holds it up. Who does God see? And the Bible represents Jesus. God sees Jesus. I'm in Jesus. He doesn't see my filth, my shame. He sees Jesus.
1: Did y'all hear that sigh at the very end? And did you notice how Leah's face changed from this to a smile? Now that's good fruit. It's not fruit we produce. It's the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in and through us. Say this again. The Holy Spirit. Let me write that down. Here we go. The Holy Spirit can change me too. Say that. Holy Spirit can change me too. Now look at me and go. It can change me. Wow, guys! The Holy Spirit can change us, and one of the ways we know is this. And this, one of the verses says this: "It says, and we are confident. Not, meh, I don't know. We are confident that He hears us." Whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since He has heard us, when we make a request, we also know that He gives us what He asked for. I'm going to tell you, when we're in line with God's Word, and that Holy Spirit has been filled within us, man, when He asks for it, God gives us life. He gives us life. He doesn't give us a chair to sit in on a, in a, on a Sunday morning. He gives us ministry, not ministry that we have to go out and do because the church told us to do it. He gives us because the Holy Spirit lives with us and it, we can't be contained. It cannot be contained within us. And he's gifted us in every kind of way. He really has. You saw two, three different stories up here. And you see how the Holy Spirit's working and he's working in you. But on every one of those stories, and in every one of those interviews, I saw sometimes in point of their life, they had a doubt. Has anybody ever had a doubt? Am I good enough to do this? If your hand's not raised, you're lying. Because I know I doubt myself many, many times. But in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and give it to its abundance. Is that not right? To give it to its abundance, the thief is lying to you that you don't have an identity, that you're not good enough to do ministry, and that your past hold on to that baggage. Jesus took every bit of those things that Leah talked about and the things that you're holding to, and he nailed them to a cross, and he said, go after them, guys, and we get to be a part of it. Guys, we get to be a part of it. That excites me. Not just a little bit, a lot. God's got a ministry for every single one of us. And it can only be done through you. Because he's given it to you because he created you in his image in a unique way. You're going to run into people like Jeffrey and Rebecca. But it isn't going to be the people that Jeffrey and Rebecca. It's going to be the people you're drinking coffee with. It's going to be people in your household. And God has scheduled you an appointment with them. And you can't do it, but the Holy Spirit can. So take it. Say, God, I surrender to you. I want to know your word. And do it. If you would, take your outline. And I want you to look over here. It's got all kinds of quotes. Man, I love quotes. How many of y'all like these quotes? I love them. Well, about the third one down, there was a little bit of a typo. I have no idea why Augustine sent that incorrect, but on yours it says, when the Spirit is in our body, the Holy Spirit is in the body of Christ. Well, that doesn't make sense. Scratch that out, the first word that says when, and put what. What. What the soul is in our body, the Holy Spirit is in the body of Christ, which is the church. Makes a little more sense, doesn't it? So many of us, sometimes we live our Christian life like a glove. We go, God, make it move. Come on, do something. Do something. This glove is useless. It can just sit on a shelf. But when you put your hand in it, ready to go, isn't it? Can I tell you something? I don't want to have a useless church. I want the Holy Spirit to live in us. And when the Holy Spirit lives in us, we'll have life. We'll have life. Not your life, but the life God intended you to have. Guys, don't sit at your chair this week and can go, not sure what I accomplished. Go, God, I surrender to you, and I want your spirit to live in me. And then it'll sound like this last verse. I told these things so that you will be filled with joy and that your joy would overflow. Hey, guys, I want you to have overflowing life. I want you to have purposeful life. And the only way I know to do that is through surrender let us pray god we surrender to you as individuals as families as a church father you've shown us stories but father there's a story written on every person's heart in here and that, and it is written on their heart it can be changed it's a story your story for your child to live out and for that we give you thanks and for that we give you praise amen as we leave today